What's going on, guys? Live from the MMB Radio Studios. It's the MMB Radio Podcast with your boy, Mixmaster B. Where always, there's no topic too big or too small. We talk about them all. And on the phone lines, I'm going to welcome in a woman who is just legendary in the adult business. And when I say legendary, I mean not only has she done things that most of us only dream of doing, but she's got so many awards and so many just different exciting things she's got going on. And one of the great things is, is that I thought I knew everything about her, but I really don't. And I don't think all you guys do either. So we're going to get to know her a little bit more. Let me welcome in right now, Ms. D. Siren. D, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing awesome. I thank you for taking time to talk to us. And as I mentioned, you, like, you're like legendary status. Like when I mentioned you were going to be coming on the podcast, my mentions and my notifications just like they just blew up. Like people were just going ape shit. They were like, oh, my God, ask her this, ask her that. And then and then you're, you're the great people. I, and it's funny. And I, and I make sure I make a note of this every time. Every time I have one of Tanya's guests, I always shout Tanya out. And she always hooks me up with so much nice talking points and everything. And I'm reading through this and I'm like, I thought I knew everything there was to know about you. But there's so much that I don't know. And I know if I don't know it, and I'm such a hardcore fan, I know others don't know. So we're going to get to know you a little bit and uh, ask some questions from fans. Are you ready for that tonight? I am ready. Awesome. So uh, as I mentioned, you are legendary status. So, I mean, how did you get into this? Because you started off, I mean, I knew this, but you started off teaching, right? Yes, I was an elementary school teacher um, for about <laughs> eight years, okay. um, and I quit doing that. I actually just kind of got fed up with the system, loved the kids, hated the system. <laughs> no children um, left behind. <laughs> yes, I loved it, but I understand the system they were in, so um, it was not very um, what conducive to teaching, actually. Okay. So I... Uh, yeah, I started webcamming this summer. Like, I kind of just, well, I was already a swinger. So, backstory on that. So, like, I was already a swinger, you know, and there's, if you're a swinger and you know anything about that lifestyle, there's tons of teachers and lawyers and doctors and really people with, you know, intense kind of jobs where you deal with, um, I don't know, a lot of difficult situations and, a lot of times you're just not in a regular um, social situation with other adults. So you need some kind of way of kind of letting off steam, I suppose. And, and you know, why not make it sex-related and swinging? And, and so, yeah. Um, Sounds that's fun what to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did that on the weekends, my husband and I. And uh, so we kind of... You know, we're already part of that, and I was, you know, partaking and having my fun on, you know, weekends and, I don't know, lunch breaks and <laughs> things like that anytime I could get away, pretty much. Um, so, I had a friend who did webcamming on the download. This was way this was back in 2009, so this was before webcam kind of blew up, Um and this is, you know, early days of webcamming. So, you know, it, it was very much on the download. Nobody really knew about it. She worked for a company called iFriends, which is no longer around. Um, and, you know, those, those shows were so different back then. It was really just 
uh, talking a lot to people and then you would do private shows. So you'd still do the whole, you know, masturbation, that kind of thing, but it was all in private. So um, I started doing that and just kind of decided, let me try this out over the summer um, and see how it goes. Cause I really didn't want to go back to teaching. And honestly, by the time I had to give in my notice, which is like July 21st, which I remember, um, then by that point, I had already almost made as much money as I'd made teaching the whole year. And that was like in two months. And I just said, I'm done. So, yeah, I just put in my notice and that was it for teaching. <laughs> and I yeah, that haven't was looked kind back of my- since. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. I, I, you know, I, I've gotten to the point now after being in the industry for 11 years, I've, you know, kind of come full circle and I do teach, but I just teach adults now. Um, I'm a, a certified sex educator and so now I teach adults about sex and how to teach, you know, your own children and, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you need to learn a bit, a little bit more because, you know, the public school system certainly doesn't do any kind of job of teaching that to anyone. So Now, now you mentioned uh, the, the swinging lifestyle and you said, you know, there's a lot of like teachers and doctors and all these other people that are like doing it. Did anybody knew, know, like besides the people that also partake in that, know what you were doing when you were a teacher? Uh, knew that I was a swinger? Yeah, like, I mean, did you have to, like, hide that from anybody when you were teaching? Um, No, I mean, nobody, you know, swinging is very much on the down low. Like, everybody is very private about it. You don't really, like, you know, advertise that you're a swinger. Uh, The only person that did know was my partner teacher um, because she actually, well, we kind of swapped, like, duty. Like, in other words, we... You know, we had lunch duty and we had, like, recess duty where we would switch off our lunches and recess time with our students. And that was kind of our break during the day. It was only 30 minutes. But she would leave and go out with her little boyfriends, And I would be picked up by my husband. And he would drive me around so that I could have sex in the car with my boy toys <laughs> during lunchtime. So... Like, yeah, I mean, we, she knew because, like, sometimes I would get back late and she would cover for me or she would get back late and I would cover for her. And, you know, she had these boyfriends that would give her money and things like that. So, yeah, she kind of, like, I don't know, we were kind of kindred spirits. And, you know, she ended up being a swinger as well, like, later on. So it was definitely, you know, something that, I don't know, we everything happens for a reason and for whatever reason we kind of got put together and it worked out well, you know, in the end because we kind of covered for each other when we were doing whatever we needed to do to relieve the stress of teaching. <laughs> I have to say my high school years were probably boring then. Cause like, like I, ne- I didn't have like hot teachers that were doing like wild and crazy shit during our <laughs> lunch breaks, you know, and if they were, I didn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? And then, you know, you see all these weird stories about, you know, these teachers that are, like, hooking up with their students. And I'm like, dude, like, all my teachers in high school were not, like, anything that you wanted to hook up with, you know? I'm not saying you hooked up with students. I'm saying, like, you see oh, these, no. like, you see these, like, shows. Like, there was just a, like, a like a mini series on, like, FX for, like, Hulu called The Teacher. And it was all about yeah. that, that, that lady that, like, was a teacher and she hooked up, like, her student and everything. And I'm like, wait. If I was in high school, 
and I was getting the fuck a hot teacher every day, why the hell would I be telling anybody that I'm traumatized by it? You know, like, <laughs> like that's just that is, not, that is normally the like male perspective is like, what? Why would I tell anybody? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm getting ass every day while you guys are in phys ed. I'm getting real phys ed. You know, let me go home and tell my parents and tell the principal that like I'm like fucking ruined now. Like, no, <laughs> like I ain't ruining a good thing. After graduation, like, sorry, chick, peace out. Like, you know, I'm going to college or I'm doing something else. I'm, you know, I'm on the bigger and better bitches now. So here we go. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, so I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, you didn't. I thought, I thought little ones, they were little. So yeah, I definitely, you know, elementary school is totally different. And like, you literally don't talk to adults at all. Um, <laughs> because teachers in elementary school, school kids all day. <laughs> so yeah, you're just like a mom. I mean, I would think that, I mean, you obviously in, into that world, you know, like you probably know more than I would. I mean, clearly, you know, more than I do. But I would, if it's, you know, a lot of people that are such under such stress and it's like such a stress reliever, you would think right now during a pandemic, like everybody would be swinging right now, you know, just to relieve <laughs> stress. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you could socially distance swinging, but I'm sure there there's a will, there's <laughs> a way. Up. Uh, webcam. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so uh, so well, I mean, so... I that I mean, we did that. You know, that's kind of how I started in in webcam in the first place is just by being on swinger sites. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I really realized how much I enjoyed being an exhibitionist and like showing off on camera is just by getting on you know a swinger site, hopping on webcam on there, and just having sex with my husband on camera and watching like the little dial come off of how many people were watching us and people making comments and, you know, just enjoying that interaction. So it was something that I, I really kind of acknowledged that part of myself and realizing I enjoyed performing sexually in the swinger community and online. So, yeah, I mean, there is ways to do it online and, and webcam is a great option now since you can't actually you know, go out and meet people as, as, as easily. I mean, of course, you know, people still meet people. It's just going to be a much smaller situation than a party or something like that. Well, like I said, clearly I'm not D siren status. <laughs> so, you know, I'm stressed during these pandemic times as much of other people are, you know, everybody's got their own worries of what's going on and what's happening. But unfortunately you said, you know, people are, watching you on cam and you, know, you see all the people that are joining in and people that are making comments like if i did something crazy like that like you don't even want to read the comments people are probably making and the <laughs> lack of people that are checking in is probably depressing enough that i would need to come up with another hobby on top of that to, to combat the like just uh yeah i mean but like i said your legendary stash you've done a lot but then you also you had to take a break like you were in a in a really severe accident right you broke your neck I was. Um, I, well, okay, so... Like that's new to me. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I never really left. Um, I've always... I've owned my studio here in Houston, Texas, with my husband the whole time. So I started after... Port, uh, well, after webcam, I did webcam for about six months, and then I got into porn and started my own website and started doing mainstream porn. So I, I made my own, you know, first videos and 
Then I went on to do things like Naughty America, Reality Kings. I worked for um, Evil Angel, and I, I got um, nominated for an AVN um, for Most Outrageous Sex Scene, and that was back in, I shot it in 2014, was nominated in 2015, and um, actually September of 2015 is when I got into a really bad car accident. I was nominated in December of 2015, so... It was within that same year that I got nominated that I also broke my neck. So it was kind of the peak of my career. Um, I was pretty much, you know, knocked down by, unfortunately, an old woman hit me, sideswiped my car, clipped my back tire and spun me up onto a median and I knocked down a light pole and uh, it knocked my car back out into the street. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've had... Well, shoot. I've had six surgeries, <laughs> but two wow. on my neck. Um, I have, like, permanent nerve damage on the left side of my body. Um, I have something called occipital neuralgia, which is a permanent nerve disorder in my head and my neck um, that just causes severe – it causes severe headaches. But I have a great pain specialist, and last year, October of last year, luckily I found him. Um, because that like basically got my life back. I mean, I really was at the stage of being disabled for about five years. Um, did you really think like at that point, did you think that like your career was done? I mean, like, I mean, I can't imagine what people are thinking going in that time, but like, what was your thought process? Did you think that, you know, you had to find another way of income or did you always think that you were going to get back into doing what you were doing prior? Well, I mean, I still continued to film as much as I could because I, I, owning your own studio, I, you know, it was, I was still able to do it when I could do it and when I wanted to do it. I've, I've, you know, amassed a, a really large collection of videos. I've made over 400 movies and I own all of them. So with that being the case, I have videos that can last me forever. <laughs> And, you know, we do recycle content. You know, there's always people that haven't watched my videos. Um, and especially videos that haven't, you know, been seen. If you're not a member of my website, then you're not necessarily going to see all my videos. So, you know, there are people that don't know, you know, when a video is made. It's not like it's dated or anything like that. And they wouldn't know from yesterday to today if it's a video that's made, you know, five years ago or yesterday, <laughs> um, honestly except maybe by the clothing. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, at that stage, I mean, yeah, I, when it came to performing the way I used to perform, I can't perform all the things I used to do. There are some things that, you know, I just am limited at doing. Um, but, you know, before I found this pain specialist, I, I really thought, you know, when it came to really performing hardcore, going back and actually performing in mainstream again or really performing to the level that I'm even performing now was not possible. Um, so I really thought that I would be more on the more production side, more direction side, and owning our own studio gave me that possibility. So during that time, we hired a lot of a lot of uh, other uh, girls and, and guys and other talent to work for our company. We own three different websites, my, mine, and along with um, uh, my first time sweats and Naughty Nymphos. And that's all part of 
Barton Support Studios. Um, and, you know, my husband really took on filming a lot. He, he also is talent and he filmed a lot with other, other talent and we hired a lot of people to film as well. So for years, you know, it was recycling my content just, you know, within my website as well as selling it everywhere because, you know, when it comes to this, um, business, there's tons of platforms and a lot of places you can sell your content if you own it. Um, because if you don't, then you're really just hired as a contract performer. You don't get residuals mm-hmm. when you work for other people. You just get paid a flat fee. And I always knew from the get-go that that's not the route I wanted to take. I didn't want to just get paid, you know, my $1,000 and walk away with nothing else. Um, it was really all about making our own content and what I wanted to film in the first place, which was, you know, my adventures, my hot life adventures and things that I really wanted to do in the first place. So um, that's what we did. And by doing that, it really allowed me to continue to be in the business that I love to be in. Um, and, and I've just become extremely, I have a degree in psychology and a degree in sociology and um, a certification in education. And, you know, over the pandemic, I also got certified as a sex educator and I'm, I'm a very um, well-educated person. I, I never had to do this job. It's not like I, I had to do it. It was definitely a choice. I love adult industry. I love everything about it. I love the people. They're my family. And I'm just really more about supporting them at this stage of my life. And really making my content is, is just, you know, that's for my fans. And I love making content. And that's, you know, just really fun. <laughs> and I just continue to do it because it's just fun. <laughs> but, well, well, like uh, I said, you had so much content out there that when I heard the news about the accident, I heard that, you know, you had taken, you know, a little break and you were working a little bit or a lesser schedule. Like, I didn't even know this because you had so much content. I mean, you're like the fucking Tupac of porn here. Like, there's just <laughs> so many, like, stuff in the archives that nobody knows about. Now people are like, seriously, Tupac's not dead because how did he record all these songs? And it's just like, <laughs> seriously, like D did not take a break. How did she shoot all these scenes? So I was exactly. really shocked when I heard about that. And, I, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are going to be listening were not aware of that. But the cool thing is, is that you said that like you didn't have to do this job. This is a job that, you know, you, you did because you had the luxury of doing it. And a lot of people right now are trying to make ends meet. And a lot of people are creating OnlyFans and, you know, Sex Panther and like doing all these different things just to make extra income. Because let's just be honest, like this whole pandemic thing just fucking sucks. People are not able to work. People aren't able to do things that they love and are trying to find alternate ways. Now, the downside of that is I'm finding out a lot of people are getting backlash from it. And a lot of people are, you know, hating on people for starting these things. And their regular nine to five job, which wasn't initially paying them any good anyway, is now not paying them at all because, you know, they've been, you know, let go from those jobs. But you, you have a website that you launched, the lovesiren.com. And, and it says here it's an intimacy wellness site that offers sex work and, and coaching and stuff like that. So for people out there that are, you know, consider themselves sex workers or people who are, you know, kind of like backdooring it, you know, doing it on the side, what can they expect from this site? What can they get from this site that could possibly help them, you know, launch Um, their careers? It's 
well, there's two two parts to the to my coaching website. I'm a I'm a life coach for the adult industry. So, and I'm also a life coach for really just non traditional relationships. So, being someone who you know is very engrossed in in a non traditional relationship myself, as well as you know being as part of the swinger community and being a hot wife and being part of that lifestyle, and really have I've just really like put myself in every kind of non-traditional sexual situation there ever has been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I would agree with much, that. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I've always been one to just give it a try and see what it's like. And if it's something I dislike, then I, you know, move on if it's something that, but I never judge, you know, I'm, I'm definitely somebody who feels like everyone has a right to, you know, enjoy what they enjoy. And, and if it, you know, if it's from BDSM to, to being a hot wife, to a gangbang, to a blowbang, to just being, you know, uh, somebody who likes to show off on the internet or whatever the case may be, you have a right to and enjoy an authentic sexual life, life, period. Um, to me, sex is a basic human need that, society has really uh what squashed in us as people as humans um we shouldn't have these hang-ups or blocks or mental breaks with within us who basically we're not monogamous creatures we're not penguins you know we shouldn't be putting ourselves in situations where we feel like we have shame or our guilt or judgment upon us because we are attracted to someone else or we can't be committed to a lifelong relationship to one person because these are not natural things for human beings to feel. They're just not. And it's really just society doing it to us. And there's, there's historical reasons for that and there's scientific reasons for that, you know, because of disease and because of, well, power and... <laughs> power structures and keeping people, you know, religious power structures, just keeping people where they should be and making sure a family unit is a family unit. And there's lots of, you know, historical factors that go into play. But basically, in the end, what it's caused is a lot of issues with just the idea of sex. And it's really, and, you know, even so much to this pandemic that, and I could go on and on and on about this, but uh, you know that's that's really where my passion comes from when it comes to my intimacy coaching is that you know the basis of everything everyone wants to do if you want to go into this industry and you want to make the leap into doing this, even if it's just for money, whatever you shouldn't feel ashamed by it, nor should you be shamed by society for it. It is your own body. You aren't doing anything that's causing harm to others. You're actually increasing pleasure in others. You're entertaining people. And, and someone, you know, being someone within the adult industry, we're, we're just performance artists. That's all we are. Just like any circus act, just like honestly any sports person. You use your body and they use their bodies to the point of, you know, they're injured to what? to win a game right and what's it for it's for entertainment it's not for anything but entertainment they're basically like gladiators in rome out there fighting each other so you can entertain each other on sundays 
you know, or basketball, as many times they play per week, you know, they're out there giving each other COVID so that you can be entertained. You know, it's, it's basically the same concept. So looking at us because it's a sexual thing, it's really just society putting some bullshit on us and saying that we can't be sexual creatures. And that's honestly put so much shame and hate and stress, and especially upon women to not feel comfortable with their own bodies not to feel like they can be sexual. And when they are sexual, then people are shaming them for being sexual, even though men honestly enjoy it. And they go, hey, you're great for being a sexual person. But on the other end, you have women, other women shaming them or just society in general and jobs shaming them for doing what they're doing just to make money. And, you know, I'm sorry, but you get married. Why? Because you want some kind of financial stability, right? Yeah, that's a big part of it. It's a contract and you file your, file your taxes together. So <laughs> the fact is, is that, you know, sex sells, it sells, you know, even in your marriage. So, <laughs> you know, if you look at everything, it's just ridiculous how, you know, society just puts too much crap on people for just living their lives and why sex is looked down upon as something that is terrible where, where violence is just perfectly fine um, is an issue in this country you know it's just a, a basic issue so, and, it's glad, and I'm glad that you're saying all this because anybody that's listened to past episodes of the podcast knows that you know I've mentioned this geez I mean more times than not I've said this about where you know everybody's going to judge you no matter what There's, you're not going to please everybody and I get judged, you know, doing a podcast talking about this stuff. But I rather have an open communication and have people talk about it and explain it than not saying anything and have people make their own assumptions without having any kind of, you know, information or content to, you know, to absorb and process in their brain. You know, they're just going by what society is telling them. So it's really cool that, you know, we have somebody you know, on your status level, who's been there, done that, who's telling it as it is. And you mentioned it right about how you're not, you're not breaking any laws. You know, I'm certainly not breaking any laws. I'm not insinuating any kind of rushing of any, you know, capital buildings or doing any kind of crazy exactly. stuff, you know, like I'm not insinuating, you know, any kind of riots or anything, you know, I'm not spewing any kind of hate. I'm just, I just feel like me personally, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help educate some people and, you know, kind of let people have an open forum to kind of express themselves in ways that let's be honest, most people, you know, know a lot about it already or are watching it and, you know, partaking in it behind closed doors. So it's like, I don't know. I just, I just, it just really kind of grinds me a little bit when people are so judgmental of others when they're doing things behind closed doors, just because you choose not to be open and accepting of yourself and, and not caring what society thinks. Why should, you know, like, why should you shame anybody else for doing it? You know, like if you want to go out and you want to do your thing or someone else wants to do their thing, then let them do their thing, but don't shame them because they've gotten to a point in understanding and acceptance of themselves and, you know, are able to tune out negativity and what society's saying. And you haven't gotten to that level. And, you know, hopefully someday you do. And if you don't, you don't, but you know, it's like the old saying, you have nothing nice to say. Don't say anything at all. <laughs> That's kind of exactly. how I look at it. 
Well, and, you know, at this stage, and I, I believe, like, in our existence just as humans, it's so important to really just look at ourselves inwardly and not externally. Um, you know, there's so much going around us, like, externally. And, you know, this you can't control the pandemic. You can't control a virus. It's not something you can control. And, I, you know, as humans, our brains are just so intelligent. But in the end, we are mammals, we're creatures, we, you know, we, can, we can't control outside influences, we can't control each other. And that's a big factor, is that society has taught, taught us that we can control each other, that it's, it's good to control each other, that, you know, wives should tell husbands, no, you can't look at another girl, or, and that jealousy is, is normal, it's not normal. Jealousy is caused by insecurities. Jealousy should not be a factor. You should not have that form of jealousy because you should have open communication and you should be willing to express to your partner what your problem is. If you have a problem with something, then talk about it. What's the problem with actually opening up your mouth and actually speaking? The issue is, is that everyone in society now really relies on you know, the phone that's in their hand and watching something online and clicking on a button and never t- opening their mouths and actually speaking. So instead, you're sitting here with tons of people looking at me and what I'm doing on a camera and enjoying what I'm doing, but and enjoying all of my coworkers and what we're doing. And they're learning from what we're doing. Because even though as, as performers, we may not want people to learn from us because we are actually just performing it's not always real now I do most of the things I do they are real they are things I'm doing for real but are they a normal like is it my regular marriage and my house no like that's not what we do on a normal basis you know every night we don't go out and have a gang bang like that's not normal you know, but is it something we partake in, you know, for fun? Sure. Like, that's something we do, and we're not ashamed to do it. You know, group sex is something we enjoy. And it's not, the fact is, you don't have to like it to that extreme. That's something that I enjoy. That's something my husband enjoys. He, he's a voyeur. He enjoys watching. That was always his turn on, is to watch. So even from the time that we started dating at 19 years old, he wanted to watch. He. I always express that to me. But my first instinct was to think, why? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what, what's wrong with you that you want to do that? Or what are your intentions of why do you want me? Why do you want to watch me with one of your friends when uh, is it because you want to be with other women? You know, I, I never under, really understood it at a young age because it, it, none of, no one ever talked to me about sex mm-hmm. in, in general. So that's, see, that's society people. getting to you to make you think exactly. that it's something it's that you did wrong, you know, and right. it's crazy how, you know, that it's, it's crazy how we're influenced by society and other people and we're being influenced and we don't even know it. Well, and you're influenced to the point where you just are uneducated. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely uneducated about what's happening around you. You feel like there's something wrong with you if if your partner expresses some kind of kink or interest in something different. You know, he was expressing that he literally wanted to share me with somebody else and, and enjoy watching it. 
And, you know, back when I was really young, I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know how to handle that situation, nor did I have anyone to talk to about it or even listen to anything or read anything about it at that stage, because that was, you know, a long time ago. That was 20 years ago. So, I mean, there was nothing I could do to even handle that situation. So with us, it it was just like, okay, we wait. And then we waited until I was in my mid thirties to realize, oh, okay, that is something you enjoy. And once the door was open on my end, well, the rest is history. (laughs) Once the door was open, it was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I mean, because honestly, we were pretty, you know, for a better word, we were pretty slutty people, you know, when we met. I'm the one who picked him up, you know. I was the one who was like, yeah, you can get a ride home from work if you come home to my house first, you know. I, I was very open sexually. I just didn't understand, you know, I thought once you got married, you had to be monogamous. That was my understanding of a marriage. And I don't believe in that any longer. I don't, I don't believe that for one thing, I, I truly don't believe that. And this is me. And that, you know, I even have, I have differences of opinions when it comes to him. He's not as, he's not as open as I am, but you know, I, I don't believe love is something that you can like stop. I don't think it's something that you can say you can only love one person or you have to be with one person and you can pick just one person in your whole life to love and and that's it. You know, I'm not even that traditional. I, you know, I, I don't feel that that's necessary. I feel that, you know, you have all different kinds of people in your life that you can love. I, I feel that intimacy is something that we have, we don't understand as people, that we think intimacy means sex and it doesn't. It means you know, so many other things, emotional and experiential and physical and, and, you know, intellectual. And there's so many types of intimacy that you can learn from each other. And, and just this conversation with you is, is a form of intimacy because we're learning about each other. So, I mean, it's so just wait, I can tell people that I got intimate with you then. That's right. You can. <laughs> you yes. I knew there was an end game. Yeah. There was an end goal to this podcasting that's thing. That's right. It's experiential intimacy with D. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's just a matter of, like, realizing that you you really have so many more connections to other people than you realize. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think there's there's a break, is that people don't realize that they have so many more connections to other people that they don't even consider them. So, and I think that's a problem with our society even now. I think that's why people feel so disconnected is that they don't realize that every experience they have is really an intimate one because they're, they're thinking, well, you know, I, I've had a friend that's different than me, but that was just then. And I don't have that friend anymore. So I, you know, I don't like those people. Well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you did? That was then like, you've had that experience. So why don't you consider it an intimate one? Why don't you consider that the person you spent time talking with at the grocery store, you just had an experience with them and learned from them. So I I just think that people are too shallow and, and not deep enough. If you want to say, you just don't, you're not, you're not using your, your heart. You're not using your internal thoughts. You're, you're really basing it on what's happening around you. And, and I think people spend way too much time on social media. I'm on there all the time for work, but it's only for marketing um, reasons. And honestly, I guess I just look at porn because that's all I do. Uh, <laughs> my, all, my, well, all 
all my fans are watching porn, all my friends are in porn. And, you know, I get on an airplane and realize that I'm just looking at porn all the time. And <laughs> shit, everyone around me is probably like, what's wrong with this lady? Like, she's just, she's just a porn freak. <laughs> but it's just because it's everybody I know. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the great thing about it. And I mean, now that like you've just kind of just opened me up to this whole new thought process that every episode of the MMB radio podcast now, I'm getting intimate with people. And I didn't even like I didn't even really think along those lines. Like, I mean, geez, I'm thinking back of all the guests that I've had. Like, I mean, geez, I mean, I just go out and I should probably just say it like I'm like a podcast tour at this point. I've had so many guests on and been intimate with so many people. There you go. See, like you've had all these experiences with all these people. That's right. Your podcast for. I am too. I, I was going to say you have your podcast. And I wanted to talk about that because, I mean, you know, Siren's Sexy Secrets podcast, where you and your husband, Wayne, you discuss your sexual adventures as well as other things that go on in your, in your daily lives. Like, what can people that are tuning in, like, I mean, obviously, probably not safe for work, but like, what are like, what can people expect when they tune in to that podcast? Um, well, it's it, there's several different things. Uh, we, he and I, do the podcast together, and we talk about you know how we got into the lifestyle, all of our experiences in swinging, all of our stories, um, really just our relationship, also like all of our experiences in porn all kinds of advice. I also get a lot of sex advice. Um, like I said, I am a, a certified sex educator. So I do give a lot of sex advice on there as well. Um, and then recently, um, really this just happened over the last probably six months, I started a segment called Porn Stars Your People, which is really just me um, getting intimate, cozy, on a, really it's normally on a couch, um, with my porn star friends and you know it's really just to show the world that we're real people you know not only are we you know beautiful objects for you to adore and worship and love but you know we're also people and we outside of our jobs we have regular lives and you know so many of us are moms and so many of us ha are single moms and have you know children that we take care of and and really a lot of us are very introverted where we spend most of our time by ourselves or in very small groups. And, you know, it, our extroverted side is our performance side. And, and so, and a lot of us are very educated and we're all small business owners. So we all run our own businesses and we all pay taxes and we all, you know, everything we do is we're all smart people and we all, you know, really work our asses off to do what we do. And, you know, during this pandemic, I just actually got out of a, um, just got out of a panel, um, through XBiz, which is our, one of our, um, media outlets with the industry. And we have a big summit going on right now, which is an industry wide summit. And, you know, we, there's so many people that just talk and share and we learn from other industry performers about how to do things. And it's all, very much like a conference. Normally we do it in person. It's also where we have our awards, but right now it's virtual, uh, just like every other business, you know, does their virtual conferences. We have virtual conferences and, you know, there's so many smart people in our, in our industry and 
there's so many people in our industry that are really business people. I mean, so many of us actually run businesses and that's what we do. So it's, uh, it's something that, you know, just we're on a level. We, we actually call people that are not in the porn industry or not in the sex industry. It's really the sex working industry. Um, civilians because it's a different level you you have to have a different mindset to be in this type of industry um you have to have the mindset that for one thing sex is not something that is squeamish or weird or you don't find it odd or you know nothing about it really is something that is off the table you can pretty much talk about any of it and you know it's you kind of keep within our group we we get tested all the time we get tested every 14 days now during covid we get tested every 48 hours if we're going to be filming with other people so our testing is like really stringent if we go outside of our group of people that we shoot with then you know protection is is like 100 percent. and you know we're just so careful we're probably the cleanest people out there. Like, how often do you get tested? How often, you know, ask yourself that question. You go get tested for STDs every 14 days. I pretty much guarantee you don't. Because we have to pay out of our own pocket, you know, $200 to get tested every two weeks to make sure that we're working with each other. So, you know, there's a lot of expenses we do to do our jobs and to make sure we make our art for you to enjoy. And it's one of those things where it's like, stop trying to, get our stuff for free and <laughs> realize that we're all, you know, running businesses here that you need to pay for it. And, you know, there's that we're doing it legally and we're doing it safely. And it's not connected to some, you know, terrible crime of sex trafficking, which religious groups like to connect us to. So I don't know. It's just a bad stigma that we have on our business, which is something that me personally, it's kind of my, I don't know, lifelong goals, along with just teaching society that sex and love should not be shameful, um, that should not be also, you know, restricted. Uh, those are two things that, you know, I just feel like it's my life's purpose is to, is to help people realize that they can pretty much do what they want to do when it comes to these two factors. Very awesome. And then we have a handful of questions that I want to try to get through. Yeah. I mean, we had, I mean, the responses that I got when I told people again that you were going to be on, it was, it was amazing. Like, I mean, I was a fan. I knew other people that were fans. There was people that I'm like friends with that I didn't know if they knew who you were or even knew they were fans of yours. And they were like, hell fucking yeah, dude, I'm a fan of hers. Like, that's (laughs) awesome. And I'm like, it's like you start to really find out like more about people. Like they start coming out of their, their woodwork and out of the closets a little bit when they start finding out, you know, that you have a certain guest on. But, uh, so I'm just, I picked some of these questions and it was hard to get through all of them, but I picked some that I thought were really, really good questions. And one person wanted to know what, what is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Oh, wow. I know. I was like, I was waiting for like these, I mean, you get the traditional, like what's our favorite position and all those kind of crazy questions. But like when I saw some of these questions, I'm like, oh wow, that's on some deep shit. So <laughs> let that marinate a little bit. Well, that's a hard one. I honestly don't consider anything a failure, if that makes sense. I'm mm-hmm. a very positive 
person. And I really don't consider things failures. I really consider things learning experiences. Um, I, I, you know, I guess failure is part of, part of just life. Um, and within this industry, I don't feel like I've failed at anything. Um, I've had, of course, my problems when it, well, shoot, I mean, you know, the accident that happened to me, that was nothing I could avoid, nor I have any control over what happened. Um, and all I could do is just really fight through it and to survive. And, and I feel like I've had a new lease on life. So it's so hard for me to answer that question because I feel like I'm just, I don't know, I've been reborn as a person. <laughs> so I don't really consider anything a failure. I mean, I just feel like it's all just a learning experience and how to grow more as a person. I think that's just part of growth is, is to, you know, just have points where, you know, things don't work and then you just try something new. So I don't know. Failure and growth go together. I can't name one thing. Okay. Uh, another one wants to know, name three people that influenced you the most in life. Hmm. Three people that influenced me the most in life. Well, my husband, for sure. Wayne Siren. <laughs> he influenced me a lot. Uh, we've been together for like 27 years or something. <laughs> so, I mean, definitely, like, he and I just grew up together. So, you know, we influenced each other. Um, other people, let's see. Uh, in the industry... The first person I ever worked with was Nadia Alicia. She was kind of my mentor. And she taught me, you know, just really that first experience because she was the first person to hire me. And it was such a great experience and such a positive experience that, you know, she and I are still friends. She's retired. But because of that, she is a great influence on me when it comes to the business and made me realize, you know, how much I, I just really love it. Um, and then other than that, I would just probably say my kids, like, you know, they're my legacy. And, you know, of course, they're going to influence my life. So probably that. All right. It, what's something you can't live without besides sex? Sex. <laughs> um <laughs> I had to take yeah. that out of there. Yeah. Uh, something I can't live without. Sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> addicted to the sweet tea. I am, I am addicted to tea. Like, uh, if you ask anyone, I'm kind of a weirdo about tea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I can't think of anything else. <laughs> it's bath. Bath. A bath and tea. Those are two things I probably can't live without. There you have it. Or, or a bath in sweet tea. That'd be good too. <laughs> I mean, you're probably gonna, it's probably going to be a little sticky, but for some reason, yeah. I feel like you're probably used to the sticky stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with all of it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, stickiness is not a problem for. Her. Um, what's something that you can do that people would be surprised that you're able to do? Like, if you have, do you have like some kind of hidden talent or? Something that people are really surprised oh, that you can do. I have all kinds of talents. I don't know if I've <laughs> hidden them well. <laughs> I don't know if I've hidden any of them. Um, I can put my fist in my mouth completely. 
I can uh, dislocate my jaw. Um, well, I could I probably can, dislocate my own jaw too, but I don't know if I would want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I have I have like a weird syndrome that makes everything like ultimately stressy, and like my orthopedic surgeon said, I'm kind of like a circus freak. So it it's kind of like a contortionist. So I can bend everything too much. I can dislocate all my joints. So yeah, like I can dislocate my fingers, my elbows, my wrists, everything. Um, it's not something that is necessarily a good thing. Sometimes it happens when I don't want it to. Um, it is probably the reason I survived my car accident uh, because my head did come off of my neck um, and it didn't actually break. It it crushed the discs, but the bones didn't break. But it's I'm just super stressy. So that's part of the reason like I can do all the crazy shit I can do too. I was going to say, being super stretchy is probably not a bad thing in your field. No, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Some things are just yeah. not as painful, but it looks painful to the people that might be watching. But exactly, like like they a it's lot all of an the illusion. things like, a lot of the things people think, holy crap! Like, how can you even do that? But it's really not like nothing's like overly anything for me. Like, I'm definitely not into pain, and I'm definitely not uncomfortable. So, like, nothing I do makes me uncomfortable. So. Like, I'm just, like I said, I'm just super stressy, so. Now, a couple other things I wanted to note real quickly is, I mean, you right now are no nominated for the Hottest MILF at the AVN Awards, and fans mm -hmm. are able to vote for this nomination. So this is your platform to do your campaign. Like, where can people vote for you and why? Why should we be voting for you and not some other hot MILF? Well, because I've been around forever, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I know you're a very humble person, so it's not, you know, for you to, for me to, to to say that question and get an answer like, well, you should pick me. Like, I was really prepared for you to be like, well, you can vote for anybody, you know, it's just. Uh, I'm not going to say who to vote for because there's like a million people. But, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I've been up to this award for like the last, what, three years or something like that. Um, so but you're due. I love I love my fans. I, you know, my fans are the ones that nominate me in the first place. To be nominated is really like so exciting. And the fact that I've been in this business for like 11 years and I'm still nominated is amazing. And, you know, honestly, it's just about the fact that, you know, just go on and vote for me. It's, it's on my Twitter. It's, it's pinned to my Twitter. I appreciate every vote. I honestly don't think I'll win. <laughs> I I don't normally win anything. I it's like the Susan Lucci of porn, you know. I don't I don't normally win. Anything. I'm just nominated like every time. Um but, you know, I'm a real MILF. I I have three kids and yeah, you know, I've got the belly to prove it and you know, it's not just the age factor for me, you know, it's it's real. Um and yeah, I mean, I, everybody is great on the list. So I'm not going to say that I'm better than anybody else because there's so many of us that it's just like, okay, you know, and every, and everybody earned that, you know, all their fans voted for them to get on there. So, you know, I congratulate all of them. So. Well, you can head on over to stars.avn.com backslash avn underscore awards. So if you are intrigued to want to, voice your opinion and you know make your vote count because it doesn't just count when it comes to presidential elections it counts to hot milfs too so make sure you go over there and vote for d um and 
one of the great things, like I said, is that you've been in this game for so long. But what is something that you, if you could change anything, if there's anything that you ever wanted to change about the business, for good, for worse, whatever, what would it be? And why? Honestly, it would just be the the stigma uh, surrounding our business. If, you know, if society and the U.S. government <laughs> would get off our asses and allow us to... Um, and stop being discriminated against, you know, I mean, even like Instagram discriminates against us. We're all flagged. We're all, um, our, I've lost my Instagram like seven times in two weeks. Um, and it's because just because we're in the porn industry and, you know, there's a lawsuit against them and everything like that because it's straight up blatant discrimination. And, you know, the weird thing is, is that other girls can do so much more and even celebrities can be completely naked on their platform. But because my name is the siren and I'm in porn, I can't do anything. Like I can't, I can't even keep my, keep my page or build a following. So it just, it's, it's now the, you know how the president feels right now. I know, right? Um, <laughs> He's like, I, I can't mean, do shit just because my name like, is Donald Trump. I can't do shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, if the Republicans are going to have an issue with freedom of speech and taking him off of platforms, then they better come and support me, who is being kicked <laughs> off of Instagram every freaking day and everything being reported. Like, porn stars get, like, discriminated against completely all the time. And hello, what about our freedom of speech? And, you know, the fact is, is that we don't, we're not, you know, that's the biggest factor is like, I would really love for us to be treated as if we are the billion dollar entertainment industry that we are, rather than being connected to the crime of sex trafficking, because those are two completely different things. And weird religious and government backed groups like to compare us to it. And it's, it it just makes no sense. So, I you know it's like we we do everything we can to make sure those types of things don't happen. We follow laws. We sign paperwork. Everyone is consensual, and it's like enough is enough. I mean, we were even not allowed to partake in the small business grants and loans during this pandemic because prurient and prudent behavior, which means it's of the sexual nature. So, you know, even lingerie shops and strip clubs weren't able to get grants and loans, but... They pay uh, taxes, churches, though. Yeah, we pay taxes, but churches who don't pay taxes mm -hmm. and make billions of dollars off of nothing were able to get loans. So... Tell me how fair is that? It's not. It's ridiculous. And it's just because it's some, and where's the separation of church and state that our government says that we have? It's just, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I, it would just be nice for that stigma to, to finally just be gone and us to be looked at as if we are an actual entertainment business. Because every other entertainment business, I mean, there's enough violence to, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's so much violence in, in every movie. And trust me, I have no issues with it. I'm like a crime crime show queen. And I love, you know, anything about serial killers. 
I'm kind of morbid, but the fact that <laughs> no, I, you, you're you're per- now, totally perfect and fine because I I sometimes will be up three four in the morning and I'm like binge watching the first forty eight hours on A and E, and I just yeah, it's probably not the best thing to be watching right before bed, but you know oh, but that calms me down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I totally agree with like you said it, it it's it sucks that like you're being banned from like these platforms you know because like you said it is a multi billion dollar industry. And I'd rather much be watching you rolling around on camera than the guy that claims to be worth multi-billions, you know, on camera. You know, like, I don't want to see him. So he's that's fine with me if they're not going to let him, you know, have his say. But I, I totally get what you're saying. And, it, and it's unfortunate because you see some of these stuff and there's, you know, singers and rappers and other celebrities that are celebrities for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that they have a reality TV show and you people can read between the lines and name, you know, all kinds of different people. And those people happen to have all their platforms and they're posting things that are not even close to what you're posting and they get away with it. And that's, that's disheartening part. Like there's definitely different standards, but I mean, if we've learned anything in the last, week and a half there are standards double standards to a lot of different things in this country so um you know it's unfortunate but uh yeah i mean the cool thing is though is that you do work with uh cam4 studios right i do yeah i'm about cam4 um i do live shows there um once a week uh depends either thursday friday or saturday i just kind of pick the day I want to do it. Um, I, I normally do a show like three hours a day um, where you can come and see me live. At the same time, I am also on OnlyFans Live. So I, I do my um, fan club live at the same time. So, you know, I just, I kind of do it like a dance party, have my wine, have my vape pen, <laughs> and just chill. And now, how do you juggle time. all these different accounts? Because, I mean, there's people, they're all like, they're like, I'm on, you know, Cam Soda, I'm on Sex Panther, I'm on OnlyFans, I'm on this, I'm on that. How do you find not, the time to juggle all this stuff? I'm not saying you're on all that. I'm saying there's other people out there that are on all these oh, different no, platforms. Oh, no, I'm, I'm on all those <laughs> and more. <laughs> She's um, like, oh, yeah, I'm on all them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on. Uh, I'm that's on Reddit, the newest one. I keep seeing Clubhouse talking, uh, and I'm like, ah. Oh yeah, I'm on Clubhouse all the time. Like I, I talk on Clubhouse all the time, um, and because I, I love talking. Um, I don't I'm know on, if I want to uh, go into that rabbit hole. Like I just kind of feel like I feel like oh my, my time gosh. is limited now. Like yes. do I really want to have any you'll free time that I have talking? You'll never leave. Like you'll you'll want to stay there all day long because it's so interesting. Like, there's some really great people on there, actually, and, and you can listen to some really awesome conversations um, and then be a part of them, too. Um, but I'm all about teaching. So, like, I, uh, I, you know, I spend a lot of my time on Cam really just kind of being a motivational speaker. I really talk about, you know, like I, I talked here, just really about being comfortable with yourself, being body positive, you know, if the people who watch me a majority of the time are men and you know men have issues with their own penises and the size of their penises and i am an, you know i am totally honest about the fact that i am a size queen like i am absolutely a size queen however 
um, I don't think anybody should be ashamed of who they are or what they have. And I think everybody should be happy with themselves. So, you know, to me, it's all about just loving yourself and looking yourself in the mirror every day and knowing that you love yourself. And I just think it's so important just to be happy with who you are and that you're alive every day. And that, you know, it's not about like what you have or trying to please someone else. It's about just being happy with who you are. So I spend a lot of time on cam just kind of trying to portray that message and having fun. And and then, of course, I, you know, have fun with my toys because I'm also a toy queen. So I love my toys and have crazy sized toys. So I play with those, too. Um, so, yeah, it's just a good time. It's like three hours of a good time, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, you can come on Camp 4 and see me there. OnlyFans Live is on at the same time, so you can see me there. Um, and you can join my OnlyFans anytime. And I'm on there all the time chatting with my fans and making custom videos and posting videos there. And then my website is mrsiren.com. You can buy all my videos there that are just join and you get access to all my videos. Um, and then, like you were talking about the Love Siren, it's, you know, it's an intimacy and relationship website for anybody who is non-traditional relationship. But if you are interested in mentorship with the adult industry and you're wanting to get into it, then um, you can hit me up on there as well. Uh, the pricing on there is messed up, so I have to change it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the best way to talk to me about that is just to hit me up directly on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know you're interested. You can go to my Love Siren it's b.lovesiren Instagram and just DM me and I can help you. Um, and we can set up a consultation. I do set up individual sessions for mentorship to help you get into the industry and do it the right way. You know, I mean, that's what I'm all about. I also work for APAG, which is um, the Adult Perform Performing Artists uh, Guild, which is our union. Um, so we're here to make sure people, you know, are safe and protected and work with verified directors and performers and people who are legit and that you're not getting in a bad situation. So, you know, I definitely am here to make sure everybody does it the right way. You know, I've been in bad situations myself and I don't want other people to be in those situations. And, um, yeah, so well, I think it's I, totally I feel a lot awesome. and, and this, this is my life. <laughs> Well, again, I said I think it's totally awesome that everything that you've accomplished, everything that you you provide to people, and in, you're not even not even so much providing just for people that are fans or admirers of you. Like just being just an like an awesome, caring, giving person is just really totally mind blowing for me. And it's been a true honor to have you on. And everybody who was super excited to hear from you, and now they all have more info on you and ways to connect with you. Like hopefully they bombard the hell out of you. Like they bombarded the hell out of me <laughs> with all this love and affection and intimacy. And it's just been, it's yeah. been really awesome having you on. Thank you. I've had so much fun. Well, we hope to hear more things from you and make sure you continue to vote for her for the hottest milf at the AVNs stars.avn.com. Check it out. Just Google it. I'm sure she posts it on all our socials, too. So go check it all out. And uh, is there anything else that I didn't ask that you want people to know about? I mean, I think you pretty much covered it all. Like, there's just, I mean, there's just hours of, like, hours of yeah, information and content for hours. your people. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they got so much <laughs> options <laughs> now. No, I, no, I think that's it. Um, just, 
follow me on my Twitter. It's at Mrs. Siren and on my Instagram at d.siren. And uh, on my Instagram, it is private right now because I keep losing it. So I do have to uh, like approve you. You can't just look at my stuff. Um, so I have to approve you as a friend or a follower. Um, but that's the way you can actually see it. <laughs> well, the cool and thing is I got approved. And the cool thing is yeah. that she follows me on Twitter. So I just totally like lost my shit when I saw that. Like, <laughs> like I was just like giddy as like a little, you know, school child. No, no pun intended. Um, but like I was giddy. Oh. It's a little kid. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, she followed me on Twitter. So it's been really uh, just a really cool time talking to you. And uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, you have a great evening. You too. Thanks. Hi, this is Dee Siren. And you're listening to Mixmaster B on MMB Radio.